we're having a really interesting conversation today uh, with an entrepreneur who got the idea for building a company after she got second degree burns from getting a bikini wax. Is this common? What do you see in your office? Second degree burn sounds really serious for a cosmetic procedure. Look, I am very accustomed to seeing certain spa mishaps, if you will, but a second degree burn is serious business. And it's amazing that she turned this awful experience into a very positive outcome. But no, that is a pretty unusual outcome. You know, we often talk about the journey of entrepreneurship and the need to get medical input and solving a problem that folks like you believe will work, which is critically important to keep the doctor in the story. But on top of Suzanne Sinatra, who we're speaking to today, dealing with the challenges of a startup, she was diagnosed with cancer as she was building a company. And she said the most amazing thing, which is the treatment and the cancer gave her the opportunity and the time to build the company the way she wanted to. And that just blew me away as just such an amazing and uplifting perspective. I couldn't agree more. Look, you know, we have come across a lot of people, Rachel, in our Business of the V podcast. We've really learned how many entrepreneurs go about their business and, and what, uh, what really fuels them. But this is a glass half full person like I've never met before. So I think everybody will find her story to be fascinating and really inspiring. Today's episode is sponsored by Kindra a radical self-care company that makes estrogen-free essentials designed by women, for women, and thoughtfully designed to target and relieve the symptoms of the menopausal journey. Welcome to the Business of the V. Hello, friends and colleagues. I'm Dr. Alyssa Dweck. And I'm Rachel Braunschirl. Each week, we bring you the most fascinating investors, inventors, entrepreneurs, academics, and healthcare practitioners who are making things happen in women's sexual and reproductive health. If you are a woman, know a woman, have a business, or care about your V health and wellness, fasten your seatbelts and listen in to another informative and inspiring episode. We are so excited to have Suzanne Sinatra here, who is the CEO and founder of Private Packs. I've been lucky enough to know Suzanne for a number of years. Thank you so much. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. I'm so honored to be here with you all. Well, you and I recently were talking because you had some great news, which we want to make sure you share. Um, what we find so often in the space, and, and you're no different, is that there was a personal story or experience that informed the creation of this company. But yours has even another layer because there's another personal story in a personal story. So why don't you start with what Private Packs is? What, what were the series of um, circumstances that caused you to create this product and this company? Uh, yeah, so I created Private Packs and it really just was, I had a Brazilian wax that unfortunately the wax was too hot. And she used one long strip from the back, which is the anus, all the way to the front, the mom's pubis, and just did a full-on rip. Oh my God, and, I'm crossing my legs as I hear this. Mm -hmm. Yes, and it left me, unfortunately, with second-degree burns. Now, 
I'm Canadian, so I didn't sue. I was like, you made him like this is a major mistake as a spa. And it was like a very high-end spa in Soho in Manhattan. And they're like, well, you know, if you come back, we'll give you a 10% discount. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not coming back. And how dare you just offer me 10%? Like my vagina means more to me than that. But what was the eye-opening thing that happened to me was that I got home and like usual, I always grab a bag of peas for anything, my neck, my back. And I've had vaginal problems before. So this was not the first time that I've had issues down there. And this time I just couldn't do it. And I don't know if it's because the second degree burn left me with open wounds. The bag of peas would have been not hygienic at all to put on an open wound, caused me more infection. And I turned to Google back in 2014 and I Googled vaginal ice pack and I couldn't find anything. I spoke to my friends. I was like, hey, you guys, my vagina came off because of this waxer. I'm making a vaginal ice pack. And then that's when I got feedback from my friend saying, oh, I could use that after my baby. I could have used that after a soul cycle. So then it became a company. So private packs are hot and cold vulva packs that are ergonomically designed to take on the contour of the vulva. It is external. And what we do, we use the ancient method of hot and cold therapy to reduce swelling, inflammation, pain, itchiness, and achiness from say a yeast infection, bacteria, vaginosis, childbirth, saddle numbness from horseback riding or bike seats, and of course, Brazilian waxes. I have to jump in here because I am no stranger to these mishaps, you know, whether they occur in a spa for hair removal, whether they occur at home during hair removal. The bag of peas has traditionally been the male uh, remedy after a vasectomy. And so we're all familiar with that. But of course, that's quite clumsy and uh, surely not the ideal solution for women. I am so sorry that you underwent second degree burns. That's quite serious, especially in such uh, sensitive skin. So uh, I, but I guess uh, you, you really saw the glass half full when you created this, uh, this product. I did because I knew in my heart that I wasn't the only woman going through it or vulva owner. Because not everyone that has a vulva sees himself as a, as a you know, gender female. But it really was an eye-opening moment for me. And I decided to go headfirst into it. I decided to take my job as an event planner and make it, you know, my side job and I focus on this full time. And then I was going to launch the company in 2017. I was finishing up a job at Deutsche Bank where I was a marketer full time. And two weeks beforehand, I found a lump in my breast and I had to be put on cancer treatment immediately because the cancer was growing fast. Again, it was I didn't know what was happening to my body. Like I didn't know what was going to happen to second degree burns because not only were we just talking about menstruation at that time publicly, but to talk about genital pain was definitely not going to be happening. And the conversations weren't even being considered as something to talk about, not even just like openly, but within our own communities, like the private Facebook groups, moms would feel like they were going to be judged if they didn't know how to take care of their body after having a baby. Because you think you, you've owned her for so many years, you know how it works. And you really don't. You found yourself in this situation. You had these second degree burns. You had this idea for the company. You discovered that you have cancer. 
had you raised money had you done all where were you in the development of the company and what was your thinking about the company while you're dealing with this obviously incredibly serious health issue so when i was working at deutsche bank i used to get very tired because i used to go to deutsche bank from nine to five I'd wake up two hours early to work on private packs beforehand. And then at night when I got home and I took my tiredness as a sign of that, I was doing the right thing as an entrepreneur, because I wore my tiredness as a badge of honor, not knowing I was suffering from a, a major symptom of cancer fatigue, not, not correlating the two, because I also only referred to Dr. Google during that time. I can completely relate to the thinking fatigue is just due to overwork. So I'm right. glad but your I body think... gave you some messages. But in a way, this was going to be a further solidification that there are other um, indications for your product. I wanted to ask about how you distinguish between when you want to use a cold pack or a hot pack. In other words, what made you go in the direction that you could use either one of these remedies? So when I was working at Deutsche Bank, I saved all my money and 90% of the money that I had went to private packs and 10% of it went to my living expenses. And I had fund, I had basically bootstrapped the company all the way until this year because a lot of investors were not even giving me the time of day. They said I had to do a crowdfunding campaign, but because the cancer treatment, my doctors were saying, no, you can't launch a company while you do a cancer treatment. Like you have to prioritize something. And I ended up using the company as a really great mental diversion from the treatment because I had to go through two cycles of chemotherapy and 26 rounds of radio radiology, also a mastectomy and a very painful physical therapy because I had let go of my health so much that the cancer left the breast area and went to my lymph nodes. So how I actually learned that private packs were going to be a use case for the menopause is because my doctors told me that I was going to be going into menopause, but because they knew I was single, they did not tell me what was going to happen to my vagina. This is my assumption, but I'm pretty much guessing because I was single, they only decided to tell me about the night sweats and the hot flashes. I understand that your physician didn't say that directly. The but oncologist, We yeah. all know, and Alyssa sees this in our office as a practitioner, and we, in this space, we hear these stories all the time. What was said or implied that you thought that what was gonna happen to your vagina and potentially the vaginal dryness and the loss of libido, what made you think that the doctor didn't think that was important for you? At the time, I had a feeling that it was because I was single, but then when I confronted them about it, because I went to use the bathroom at Whole Foods on 14th Street in Union Square here in New York, and the toilet paper left me bloody. And I was like, why am I bleeding if I'm no longer having my period? And they're like, oh, that's the vaginal dryness. And I'm like, wait, what? I was like, how did we get to vaginal dryness? They're like, oh, well, that's part of the symptoms of menopause. And I said, well, why didn't you tell me that? This is such an important point that you're bringing up for our audience to hear and for any potential patients to hear. The, there is a team approach to this type of diagnosis. And while I wish for your sake, you had been prepared for this uh, terrible symptom that can be uh, really overwhelming and distressing, 
it's a good thing that you hopefully get back to your gynecologist who absolutely will address this type of symptom for you. And often uh, the oncologists and the surgeons and you know the specialists in genetics and whatnot are so interested in just curing a yes. cancer yes. that they, they I don't want to say they neglect or forget. They just are so focused on their purpose. Yes. But we have to bring to the forefront as gynecologists how important some of these residual symptoms are um, that are side effects that, you know, sometimes we don't appreciate until a little later on. So the hot flashes and the night sweats come on pretty quickly and the vaginal symptoms are typically delayed. So um, that's something we should we should put on the radar. And I think that's also important, like when you are going through that type of treatment for cancer, or even if it's related to, you know, your heart or respiratory, I think it's important to triage your medical team. Like in my case, not just the radiologist, the oncologist, the oncologist surgeon, but it also required because it was a gynecological, a gynecologist to be there during my visits and have check-ins with her throughout the whole cancer treatment, because as she would have noticed that my vagina area was turning white, which equaled blood loss. So did you realize at this point that your private packs were going to serve this whole other purpose that wasn't actually initially intended? Yes, because after Whole Foods, my vulva had gotten so swollen from that toilet paper. And I was like, oh my God, thank God I make these things because I have to use them now to reduce the swelling. And it did because on top of that, I was not allowed to take other drugs without my oncologist permission. So I didn't want to take anything that would upset my stomach because I was already doing chemo on all, all these injectable and oral medication that to add one more to the cocktail, I just didn't feel comfortable doing. So with private packs, it's topical. Fill us in on the actual mechanism of the packs. Are they refrigerated or microwaved? How do they uh, get their temperature? To answer your original question, why I made it um, hot and cold, which is something that many gynecologists ask me is because cold can reduce a swelling, of course, and inflammation. But heat, if someone has a cyst or an abscess, it could actually soften the skin to lancet. And also... Um, with the, these are the packs that's hot and cold. Sorry, it's upside down. And if you make it hot in the microwave for eight to 10 seconds, you could actually moisten the sleeve that we provide and make it moist therapy. At Business of the V, we focus on the most important issues facing women and their sexual and reproductive health. At the top of that list is menopause. So this episode of Business of the V is sponsored by Kendra a modern health and wellness company that offers estrogen-free essentials to relieve the most disruptive signs of menopause, including vaginal dryness, hot flashes, disrupted sleep, and more. The line of essentials is focused on the peri to post-menopausal journey and includes a daily vaginal lotion, as well as a range of supplements for sleep enhancement, focus boosting, and daily wellness. To try these natural solutions to menopause, use promo code BOVPODCAST at checkout for 20% off your first order or subscription. So here's today's hot flash. A recent study reported in JAMA Dermatology version surveyed a diverse group of women and found that more than 80% of them groom their pubic hair regularly. 
So for those of us or those listeners who are not on video, um, I'm describing what looks like a very sleek pad that looks like it would, uh, you know, conform to the shape of the vulva. What's actually inside of it, Suzanne? And is it, obviously it's microwave safe. It's microwave safe. Uh, it's made with 70% water, a binding agent called CMC, which is used to bind ice cream and baked goods, as well as preservatives. And we did it because in case it broke, because you were sitting on it, there would nothing chemical would happen to the skin. And we made this with a phosphate-free, latex-free plastic. It is PVC, but it is safe because one, I don't want anyone to get cancer. Obviously, that's very important to me. But two, if somebody wants to add a coconut oil or silicone lube or witch hazel or aloe vera gel, it would not disintegrate the pack because I never wanted someone to go back to the store to, to get more, like just buy your one pack and be done with it. So the warmth just for edification provides yes. blood flow. This, we yes. love this. We love this for yes. menstrual cramps. We love this in my world for, you know, vulvar pain for various reasons. In regard to the cooling, which as you noted, um, brings down inflammation, really good for itching. So certainly after any hair removal uh, would be ideal. H how does that work and how do we prevent freezing to the skin? Oh, so you would, this is why we provide a sleeve that's very soft and we made the sleeve white. So especially during COVID, it was important because a lot of doctors were taking telehealth appointments. And if you have questions about your discharge, you could at least take a photo of it and the background would not discolor the discharge and the doctor can see clearly what the color of the discharge is. Interesting. And I can't say I'm any stranger to telehealth pictures of the vulva. So yeah. thank you for that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> There's so many different areas to go. So you, you bootstrap the company yes. until this point yes. and the exciting news, share your exciting news that just was announced in the past couple of weeks and tell us if you needed funding, outside funding to get there. So how'd you make this big leap? So we are now nationwide in select CVSs. We're in 550 stores and CVS.com. And it's been such a wonderful partnership because CVS really wants to play their part in improving women's health. And what better partner than CVS? And how did you start those conversations and that relationship? You're a startup. Lots of people are listening and ask us questions about, you know, I'm so far away from that. How do I climb that mountain? What were some of the steps you took to build this partnership? So what I did, I did an accelerator, which is kind of like a startup school that many young startups will do. And I built a relationship with one of the junior associates there a year ago. So when we launched our Indiegogo campaign, I had sent our original version of the private pack. And I had a call with their team two years later. And I get on the call with the accelerator, which is XRC Labs here in New York. And she said to me, this associate, I sent the original private pack to two years ago. She goes, oh, Suzanne, um, I love private packs. Are you retail ready? And I lied. And I said, yes, I am. That was February 2nd. She's like, great. I'm going to introduce you to CVS. I spoke to CVS on February 3rd. I had to pull together a very quick presentation and February 4th, they, they bought us in house. 
they uh, took us into their pilot program and eight weeks and I still had no VC money yet. I got into CBS by myself. Wow. I'm curious. Um, I saw your Indiegogo campaign. Uh, I saw the somewhat controversial and extraordinarily humorous uh, cartoon video. Um, how was that received by, you know, people who were going to donate and, and how did you come up with that idea? Um, I came up with the idea of Adam and Eve, like the true story behind what happened in the Garden of Eden. Cause I'm like, not everything is perfect. And I'm sure Eve even got a UTI. And now we put together the idea of, okay, how, cause you can't present certain things on videos, especially with YouTube. You have to be careful with language and images. And I'm like, okay, I think there's a safe bet here with using Adam and Eve. And I'm Catholic, so I did have a little bit of a conflict within myself and my own religion, but I did test it with millennials and Gen Xers, us are Gen Zers, and they seemed to, it resonated with them. And that's when I decided to make it live because I made private packs for other people, not for myself. And so talk a little bit about how the campaign went. Obviously we know, you know, controversy sometimes is great. It sounds like in this case yes. for you from a fundraising perspective, it was great. And have you had to take on additional financing? Has it gotten easier now that you did Indiegogo and you're in CVS? Okay, so for Indiegogo, we doubled our goal. So the goal was 10,000. We walked away with $22,000, a little bit over. And fundraising has been harder because a lot of people on the VC and angel investors have not expected that a person that's an immigrant to this country with no network would be able to get into CVS six weeks after launching their e-commerce site. So now raising money is so much harder because they're like, well, what is your metrics at CVS? Like, what are you doing? How did you do it? And I'm like, well, I'm not going to tell you how I did it <laughs> because I don't want you to tell your portfolio companies how to do it because they suss out information to help their companies. Well, I'm not going to help you. How did it work though, in terms of gearing up for manufacturing? And when people ask you, are you retail ready? There's a big implication for inventory and manufacturing. Yes, and the implication for us was because we did so well on our Indiegogo campaign, that paid for the inventory for CVS because we went live during the pandemic. So I had all the inventory here in New York City to fulfill CVS, but now I don't have inventory for my direct-to-consumer site, so I direct people to CVS's website, and that has resulted in sales that has just blown out our forecast out the water per CVS. So we've overperformed, which again, having uh, at the time, no VC funding, that is just shocking to everybody because we also didn't do any marketing for the amount of units we've sold. So now I, ha I do have uh, capital from debut capital and skewed capital, which is less than what I've invested in, but they really do believe in the vision of sexual pain management, which is why Dr. Dweck, I love Bonafide Health because your product Revere speaks to me and my vaginal dryness and my menopause journey because the way, you, the way you all speak about it, just like the way we speak about pain, it's not just for women in their 60s. Oh, 100%. And I appreciate that. 
Look, I think there's always a one, two, and three punch uh, approach to vaginal and vulvar pain for whatever the reason. I could absolutely seeing this, see this product being used in addition to a vaginal moisturizer such as Reverie, which is something that uh, you know you, you've brought to light with your own story. Yes, but I, I'm just thinking of the multiple kind of almost out there stories that I hear in my day to day practice: poison ivy from camping in the vulva, you know, a tick bite that they got in the vulva or something along, you know, a herpetic lesion, which is super painful. Even a UTI, I could see uh, having some uh, soothing. This is all completely separate from the obvious, which is all the grooming and hair removal uh, mishaps, but in including childbirth, because, you know, after all, um, women having kids these days, vaginal deliveries, we try to stay away from the neat little episiotomies and allow people to uh, spontaneously tear where they will, if they will. And, you know, ice packs are what we normally recommend, at least for 24, 48 hours. And some of the, uh, you know, makeshift ice packs that we've put together for people, even after labiaplasty surgery or any of these things are, you know, rubber gloves full of ice. And that's really not ideal. So I, I, I absolutely can see this uh, having a place in, in, a, in a practice uh, for an active gynecologist. I want to ask you, did you have, um, you know, physician input with the um, production of your product how to make it? Yeah, I did. And that was the key reason that we went from going, we had a hot pack and a cool pack that was separated and we had to combine it into one because the doctor that we had advising us, Dr. Camila Phillips here at Atlantic Hill Hospital said, the hot is getting too hot. You have to reduce it and we couldn't reduce it. So I had to combine it when we found a new factory because what's something that many entrepreneurs may not know is when you are importing from China, as the importer of record, you have to be registered with the FDA. And my original factory that I was going with, I created a fake Gmail account. And I asked them, I'm like, are you registered with the FDA? Because I couldn't find their paperwork anywhere on the FDA website because the FDA makes it very, they're very transparent with who's registered and who's not. And they said they lost their FDA certification, which is a problem because the FDA wants that chain, a chain of evidence is the word that's coming to mind. But also if you are importing from a company that's not registered with the FDA, Customs and Border Patrol, rightfully so, either burns the goods or forces you to ship everything back at your cost. Which is why I went to find another factory. And this factory has been amazing. They're used by Target and Walmart. They have all the records in check. And that's really important for entrepreneurs that listen to this because it is your responsibility as a chief executive officer to do your due diligence, to protect the customers and to protect your investors. So you, are you importing these still from abroad or? I am, I mm -hmm. am. And my uh, factory is in China because I could not find a factory in America to do both hot and cold. But they are registered with the FDA. And because Target uses them, Walmart and Disney, I felt comfortable going with them. Do you want to share that name um, with people <laughs> as an asset? I know you didn't want to share your secret to getting into CVS, but is that a name that you want to share or people should just find it for themselves? People should find that for themselves because that's proprietary. 
Uh, but I did find them on Alibaba and I did a lot of due diligence in reading up if they were trade assurance, if they were doing business with companies in America. And also I got a Chinese friend to do a reference check for me. I've done everything very scrappy. And he said, he's like, Suzanne, I used to work for Amazon and I would hire this company. Yeah. As far as the FDA, is this something that you had to get one of these, you know, 510k type clearances or because it's external, that's not necessary? Because it's external, it's not necessary. So private packs is like um, a Band-Aid. It's topical. It doesn't change anything for the customer. So we are very careful in our language. We don't say heal. We don't say relief because that determines an outcome. We say ease, comfort. You have to be very particular with your language because the last thing anybody wants is a fine from the FDA. Again, that is your responsibility as a CEO to know what the lines are. For instance, I've had a few customers overheat their pack and I've had to keep a record of every customer and what the remedy was for the gel packs. The language that we've always used that, you know, in the businesses that I've worked with is you can't make structure function claims. So you can't attribute, you know, any diagnostic improvement or measurable improvement um, to something that is regulated the way yours is. So what's next for private pack? You've done this amazing thing. You discovered this product that would have been enough. Then you discovered you had cancer, you got treatment, you still persevered and launched the product. You now have it in CVS. The future looks bright. What's next? Well, next we are in talks with another mass retailer and we're going to be launching a breast pack. And that was from my breast cancer journey because I could have used a breast cancer. I could use the pack after my biopsy. And like, they were poking me like a turkey. And I'm like, do you have an ice pack? And they gave me like this post-it note size pack. And it really is, our whole brand is about creating pain solutions for the private body parts, like enough with the peas anywhere on the privates. And we want to tackle the anus, breast, the cramps after fibroid surgery, after, you know, during your menstrual cramps. That's really the lane that I've created for myself because that's what resonates most with me. I definitely believe that without this company, I wouldn't have made it through cancer because I had a nice, a nice time with the company to build it the way I wanted before I got outside investors to tell me what they thought I should do with the company because they put in capital. That's such an amazing way to, to turn lemons into lemonades that, you know, lemon into lemonade. <laughs> One more time, turn <laughs> lemons into lemonade that yes. you had this time where you had to slow down to take care of your health. And we don't talk about that probably enough, but lots of entrepreneurs, even without a serious health diagnosis, you know, find that they um, are just run ragged and they do experience some health issues. So you might've had an extreme situation, but I don't think we spend enough time telling entrepreneurs that you need to reinforce, you know, all of your resources, financial, physical, psychological. Right. And I think also telling your network, not just your other founder friends, but telling like your friends, cause Rachel, you knew about my treatment right from our first phone call. And when we would see each other, you would always ask me how I'm feeling, not to be like, oh, how's your third round of chemotherapy going? But like, hey, how are you? And having that care just supports 
the founder on their journey to keep just going another day? Well, that's Rachel and she's special. Um, so uh, you, you may not have heard that from everyone. Well, I have to say this is such an inspiring story. I, oh, I can't you. wait to see the product in the flesh. And uh, yeah. I think there's just so much opportunity. So best of luck to you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you all so much for your time. And for any female founder or anyone going into this sector, women's health is primed for innovation. And conversations like this is really showing us that they could take us and they're ready to take what we're giving. So bring it, ladies. Don't forget, subscribe to our podcast at businessofthev.com for the latest trends and trendsetters in women's health and business.